I'm Linda Brady. And I'm Michael Brady. Together, we're partners for Karmic Freedom, and we welcome you to The Age of Aquarius, New Rules for a New Age. Today, we're going to be uh, really doing the follow-up of our Chiron from last last week. And um, the interesting thing is we've had a lot of visitors, you know, visitors and listeners asking about their Chiron placement and are a bit confused because, number one, they don't know what their Chiron is. Number two, they don't know how to find it. And even if they found it, they wouldn't know what it meant. So it, Michael and I decided that it was really important to have more, more of our podcasts on Chiron so that you, you can get a real full um, experience with it. It's such an important, important part of our charts. Matter of fact, after I help a client understand their north node and their south node, the next thing I work on is Chiron. Because it represents um, such a deep fear. So if a person's scared on some level, right. no matter what kind of information I give them, it's going to be filtered through that fear. Right. It's the placement in the chart that contains the fear that holds us back in life. Correct. Got okay. It. So I just want to go through this. I want each of you to know that next podcast, we're actually, I'm going to go through each of the, the signs with Chiron. So to be able to have the fullness of an experience, it would be important for you all to know what's what on your Chiron. Well, yes, what sign your Chiron's in. So you can you can go back to our book. There's a chart there. You, all you have to do is plug in your date of birth, and you'll find it. Uh, you can go online to get a chart done. They're most of them are free now, uh, and you might have a friend who's an astrologer who has an ephemeris who can look it up, or the simplest thing just to text us. We've had a few people do that, texting us or emailing and just saying, hey, I was born on such and such a day. What's my Chiron? So between now and our next podcast, hopefully people you know, will do that. And then we'll have an opportunity for them to really understand it specifically, as specific as we can be. Um, the, the most important thing, of course, is to have a chart done where you have Chiron in sign and in house. But we're not going to be able to do that on a podcast. We can do that when a client calls in for an appointment, of course, and give them the whole experience that they need. So all that being said, this podcast that we're doing today, we're going to be introducing you all to the infamous trickster. Ah, the trickster. Ah, the trickster. And the trickster in so many cultures, you know, it's called the trickster, it's called the devil, it's called the joker. I mean, there's different names for it. But the reality in astrology is the trickster is otherwise known as Neptune. So wherever Neptune falls, whatever sign it's in, whatever house it's in, it really is much more about the trickster-like energy. So I believe that the trickster, i.e. Neptune, is a uh, is the henchman of Chiron. It's the way that we communicate to ourselves, the way our trickster communicates to ourselves, ways to keep us from being excellent. Because remember, with Chiron, it was not something we did that was bad. It was something that we were doing that was very, very good. So Neptune, i.e. trickster, says you can't go back to excellence. No, no, no. Because no. then something bad will happen right. to you, right? So uh, my job, even though it may sound terrible, is to keep you safe. So um, so this is a general conversation we're going to have around Neptune and the trickster. It's the same thing goes for that. You need to find out what your Neptune is. Go back to our book. 
we go through a whole chapter on what Neptune is and, and what signs are involved in the trickster. So if I got this right, our Chiron placement in, in, in a sign, mine's in Capricorn, for instance, okay, is telling us that in a past lifetime, we've been an excellent, in my case, a, a excellent Capricorn, and that because of our excellence, other people became envious or they got irritated because they couldn't imitate us, that kind of thing, and it cost us. They A lot. Cost us a lot. They destroyed our life in a past lifetime. Right. Out of, out of jealousy, usually, and leaving us with a feeling of being betrayed and helpless and hopeless. Those are the bottom line things. So all that's attached to this yeah. excellence that we bring in with the sign that's in Chiron, right? Correct. Which means that we want to, at the same time, reclaim the excellence unconsciously, right? Right. And every time we go to move to do that, we have this deep-seated fear underneath or this hesitancy that comes out of fear. Yeah, we call it shooting ourselves in the foot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Or somewhere else. Or wherever. And, you know, the bottom line is that we get to a certain level of the ceiling, whatever that glass ceiling is that we create, we're going to get stopped. We can sabotage ourselves. We can move to a different direction. We can do a lot of different things. What we don't want to do, though, is go to the next step. Of excellence. So this placement then is the basis of 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 each of us saying, "Well, I I'd like to do this, but I'm afraid I can't." Right? That's okay. a version, sure. Okay. And then the fear seems to get attached to, "I'm afraid I can't." Right. It means that I'm not good enough. I'm not adequate enough. I'm not skilled enough. Right. That's where the that's where Neptune comes in. Right. Yes. When in fact that's not the truth. We're yeah. not afraid of failing. We're afraid of succeeding. That is correct. Because if we succeed, then the other shoe is going to come down. That's exactly right. So Neptune, i.e. the trickster's job, is to make sure that we never achieve that level of excellence. In the illusion that that will help us be safe, right? Correct. Now, one of the more insidious parts of the trickster is that it also does not want us to achieve our north nodes and our soul mission. Because to do that means we make we make a hundred and eighty degree shift from something our south node, which is predictable, understood, uh, comfortable, even though it may not work, but it still has all those those qualities. So uh, the Jewish people have a name for the trickster, and they call the the trickster the devil. And for me, the devil is the part of us that knows what we need to do to achieve our soul's work, and turns away from it. And so the devil is, in essence, the trickster, saying, no, you can't do that. Because if you do that, something really awful will happen, blah, blah, blah. The reality is is that the trickster is the cosmic liar. It's, liar. it's lying to us. you know. And when I realized that, as a Sagittarian, the thing I abhor more than anything is lying. And I, I love to tell the truth. I've been telling the truth and getting in trouble since I was a very little girl. But, and I value and honor the truth. So when I realized that there was this voice inside of me, in essence, that was talking to me a lot, that was lying to me about who I was, that pissed me off. Right. I was really, really upset about that. I didn't know all that that meant. And your Chiron's in what? In Leo. In Leo, right. Okay. 
So you don't want to be a star. You don't want to be in the spotlight. You don't want to be seen by other people yep. as standing out or the leader or any of that stuff. I remember when But I, wait a minute. You are doing all that stuff. Yes. Well, let's just say I'm older and wiser at this point. I remember when I first started, one of the guys I dated many moons ago, um, no, I just lost my train of thought, said something to me about, oh, he was a, he, was, he sold Learjets for a living. So, you know, that was sort of cool. Anyway, so I remember saying to Rich one day, you know, I'm going to be, I'd like to be your second seat, which means I want to be your Mm co-pilot. Because at that point, I just thought that's exactly what would be what I would need to do. Not that I'd be the pilot. Not that I'd be in charge. Right. But I would be the co-pilot. And I'll never forget saying that because even as I said it, it didn't feel right, but it was still safe. Okay. So... Ways to deal with the trickster and understand the trickster is to remember the conversations we've had with the trickster. So if we sit down with paper and pencil or on the computer, you probably could list 20, 30, 40 conversations that you've had inside inside yourself by this voice telling you basically you're not good enough, you're too small, you're inadequate, you don't have what it takes. You're not skilled enough. You're not smart enough. You're not, you're not smart this, enough. Not and on and on. Bottom line to you're not good enough. And so what happens is that voice becomes critical and judgmental. And it, we create feeling sad and scared and ashamed. And we sit back. We don't, we don't move. So the thing that's interesting is oftentimes we will create the trickster in the guy's of people in our life early, usually early on, our parents, our teachers, our ministers, people like that who are always making judgments. Now, we can look at them and see that they were disregarding us or disrespecting us or doing whatever, but in essence, they were doing the same thing the trickster does. Right. You can't go to college. You're a girl. You know, you want, oh, okay, Linda, so you go to go to college, but you're, you're not really going to do much with that or things like that. You're never going to succeed in X because back in my day, women didn't do those, that stuff. Right. Uh, the reality is um, that's what happens. So we can look back on our parents and our teachers, et cetera, and realize that they really weren't trying to hurt us. They were really trying to protect us. By right. keeping us by his, holding us back. By holding us back. Which is what the trickster's doing. Exactly. Trying to protect us by holding us back. That's right. From getting into danger by being too successful, too smart, too talented, too skilled, too anything. Right. So the thing that the trickster is clearly saying is I don't want you to understand your excellence. I don't want you to go back and find that out. And we there are a lot of clients that we have that in some ways get to a certain point in their work. But when it gets to Chiron, there's a there's a different story. It's like, so Linda, you're telling me that if I move ahead and take risks, bad things are never going to happen to me again. Bad Chiron things are not going to happen to me again. The answer to that is, I no, I don't know the answer to that. I well, can't say that because little things will. Yeah, right. Okay, happen. so life is a mixture of. Nice things happening and not nice things happening, right? right? Uh, right. Pleasure and pain. Pain and pleasure, right? Right. So to answer that question, you can't say, yeah, that's right. Is it never going to happen again? That's saying, I'm never going to have any pain again. I'm never going to have anything unpleasant happen in my life. 
That's just not how things work here. No. But I think the important thing is that once you've dealt with this karmic fear, that the, 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 the bigness of that fear gets greatly reduced. And then right. that gives you the courage to go ahead, doesn't it? Exactly. Right. So what we do then um, is we move ahead. And we move ahead as well as we can. We look at fear in a different way. Like fear is the opportunity to be courageous, right? Um, we do create events that occur that are chironic in nature. And I'll, and, so, and I'll say to a client, but you're still sitting here, right? Your family's okay. Nothing bad's really happened. You may have created a, a little bit of a, a, an idea of a Chiron experience, but you needed it to know what happened before. Sure. We, yeah, There's no way to the, know that. In the past life, our entire life gets destroyed. Our family gets killed. Our house gets burned down. I don't know. We get killed. We're tortured in the process. Our whole life is trashed. Right. That's not happening in this life. No. Even though we still have this fear response going on. Right. I've been in practice 42 years. And in, and I've been we're actively working with Chiron probably for the last, what, 15, 20 yeah, close to 20. Close to 20 years. I have never, ever seen it return. Not in the way that it would have destroyed someone. Of course someone. not. It can't. It can't. Right. It's If you graduate from high school, you graduate from college, there's no need to go back. Once you've had the experiences that Chiron will provide, you don't need to duplicate that experience. Right. Okay. So what you do then is you put it in context. And the way to put it in context is to find out, number one, where it is, do the karmic work, do the past life regression, do the strategies that it takes in order to be free of it. And and yeah. freedom, of course, goes back to forgiveness. So we can't forgive something and someone if we don't know why we're forgiving them. Right. So It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. So... As we work on Chiron, and certainly when we do next, our next podcast, there's going to be a piece of forgiveness for each one of the signs that would be necessary when we get to that, that phase. Okay, so what we know here is that we have this voice, and it's a voice it's judging and criticizing us for being less than we are, a lot less than we are, and that we need to figure it out. Now, as astrologers, it's not difficult to find out. We go right to Chiron, and it gives us all the information we need. If we don't have astrology as our, as our tool, then we can go back and sit down with ourselves, as I said before, and write down the conversations. The other thing to do, after you have the conversations written, beside each conversation, you need to search your body, search your body for the feeling that went with that conversation. Were you feeling mad, glad, sad, scared, or ashamed? No, right. Normally, it's not glad. It's not glad. No, we can, we can roll out glad. Yeah. We can roll out glad, glad. So then when you have a feeling, if the inner voice does something, you have a feeling that matches up with your little chart, immediately you're going, oh, that's the trickster. I don't have to pay attention to that. That, you know, for all the obvious reasons that we've talked about. That is that is why it's so important to make it conscious. The more conscious we are with the trickster and with Chiron, the easier it is in order for everything to, to become clearer in this life so that we can, in fact, turn the trickster into a part of us that's helpful. Right. You know, and Chiron becomes, at its best, the sacred teacher. 
So these are really significant energies that need to be transformed right? in this life because this is a life we can do it. And it's also a healer too, right? It's the healer. It, the healer aspect of Chiron is that we have experiences that other people also have. So, for instance, I have Chiron and Leo. So I have a lot of clients who come to me with being really scared of being visible or being open-hearted or being too something, too Leonian in one way, taking leadership or moving up the corporate ladder or doing something. Mm-hmm. I, because I have Chiron and Leo, and I'm older than just about everybody, so I'm older than they are, I can say, listen, I've been working on Chiron for 20 years, and what I've learned is it's I am fine. I don't have to duplicate those experiences. Even though you may be young, you can trust me on this. You're not going to recreate Chiron. Right. And they sometimes will hear me and listen. Other times they don't because they'll say, well, yeah, I'm 20 years old. I'm 30 years old. You know, how do you know in 20 or 40 years? Well, what I do know is that Chiron returns in our life every 50 takes 50 years for Chiron to move around the wheel. Mm-hmm. So at, at 50, we're much more ready to deal with those harsher realities. I prefer dealing with the young people so they don't have to go through. I went through until I was 59. Right. So that they already have a sense of what their Chiron is and how they can work it, what they can do about it. So it, it really gives their whole life a much broader optimistic view than if they waited till they were 50. And a lot of people do. I was 58. Because I didn't even know what Chiron was. And I'm almost ashamed to say, an astrologer who doesn't understand Chiron, that's what I was. Yeah, but you only became aware of it at the age. That's right. Chiron was only discovered in 19 what? 1977. 70, right. Okay, it was only observed in the cosmos and tagged and then attached to the astrologer. By the Native Americans, actually. Right. They, they were the ones who did that. So, And they said when they when they... When it was developed, when it was seen in the universe between Saturn and Uranus, it's up in that quadrant as it moves around, uh, the natives have said, this is the time of enlightenment. And they were so right, because as we all transform our chirons and deal with our trickster, my God, can you imagine if we've lived a hundred, let's say we've lived a hundred lives, which is nothing. We've lived a hundred lives. We have learned. We have grown. We've gone to school. We've developed skills. We've developed relationships. In all those lives that were excellent until something really awful happened. So if we're able to go back into those lives, we can reclaim. We can really reclaim ourselves, our big selves, in a way that we've never thought possible. So we can go back and just really go, wow, look at who who I was. Well, if you've been... A scared, if you've been scared your whole life underneath, unconsciously, and at times it bubbles up, based on what you're trying to do, that usually fits with your chironic sign, that push to reclaim the excellence shows up in your life. Right. And then the fear follows that. If you've had fear underneath, unconsciously, your whole life going on, what? how would what scares you in your life in the present be impacted if that underlying fear wasn't there? The, even fear in the present would be less intense, wouldn't it? You of think? course, of course, I would it would. Think so, right? Uh, and it can be dispelled very quickly, right? If we go back to my little list and we realize that what the trickster has said about about something is wrong, all right, 
and we know it is, and we feel that it is, and we go through all of that, and the fear comes up naturally with all of that, then we can go say to the fear, ah, I'm not, I'm not going to give you much. You can, go, you can just wash over me because I know it's not real. It's contaminated right. and fine. Uh, and that can take five minutes, right. not five years right. or 50. Right. You know, it's it very holding, quick. And it stops holding you back right. from doing what you need to do or you want to do for yourself. Right. So the thing about living in the age of Aquarius, as we move into this age more and more, being this whole integrated person that we all want to be, the cosmic adults that we talk about, one of the most significant things we ever do is find our excellence. And we do that through understanding Chiron. I don't know any other way of helping. I don't care who you are, from a drug addict on the street to the president of the United States. There is some fear. There is some button. There well, everybody has a Chiron placement. Everybody's chart, got so. a Chiron placement. So everyone has a past lifetime experience. Past lives. Past lives experiences. Right. That reflect that fear placement. Right. And I don't know how you feel, but I, I got tired of being so scared. Oh, me too. You know, me too. I remember I was in sick pr- and tired. Sick, sick and tired. When I started in practice, I was in my 30s. I was the only, astro- well, there were three astrologers in Maryland at the time. Here I am with Chiron and Leo, terrified I was going to be assassinated because I have been, right? Right. I've been on stage. I've been visible. I've been assassinated for being for I don't know how many lifetimes. Um, and then all of a sudden, here I am, an astrologer, you know, in a state that didn't really honor, you know, my kind, uh, whatever that means. <laughs> the weirdos. The weirdos, you know. And so it really was very frightening. And, to, uh, and for most of my practice, I was holding myself back. I had, I had a nice little practice in Maryland. We had a nice little thing going. Um I hadn't written any books yet. Right. I hadn't wanted to be that visible. And, and you know, so I the Chiron thing happened. I started working it. I published my first book. Now I'm international. Now you talk about being scared. I was scared enough being national, but being international now. As a matter of fact, we just had a, a client from our, on our podcast from another country. It's very exciting um, to be going international. Anyway, now I can say that without being scared of it. Before, it would have terrified me. Oh, I was there. I remember. You remember all this. Oh, my God. In the first book, uh, when you wrote the first book in uh, late 90s, uh, you were very frightened. Uh, the, uh, the closer you got to the end of the project, the book being published, the more the fear came up yep. in you, the more it came out. And it would have stopped the whole process. If I hadn't, if you and I hadn't worked my Chiron, if I hadn't really right. gotten in touch with it, and that first book never would have been published. I don't know how we did all that stuff back then. <laughs> I think we did it because well, our souls were just I think kicking we, us in the ass I the whole we, way. I think we had some uh, guidance. Guidance from above. Guidance or prodding, whichever way you want to well, say that. Well, a lot of it was from you, Michael, because you, you were the one. You weren't afraid like I was afraid of what I was going through. We have different fears. Yes. My fears aren't the same as yours, no. ironically. No. Now, mine have to do with authority and respect. Yours have to do with being seen as a public leader. Right. Right. So – you know, so now I, I I am all that I said I wanted to be, and uh, and all that comes not all of it, but most of it comes from the courage I think to take to look at the sides of our of me, the sides of ourselves mm-hmm. that we're afraid to look at. I mean, how many people really want to see a scene where their their children and and wives were tortured in their name? How many people really want to look at that? Or it's something like that. Or something, or having seen your dog burned alive below you and they couldn't, you know. Right. That's happened to me. I know what that feels like. 
karmically, I know what that feels like. And I know how hard it was for me to be able to look at that again. I just dream of the day when we teach kids in kindergarten and first grade in elementary school about past lives and, and their charts. And we really help our children work on their karma right from the beginning. It would save them. Well, that's what the age of Aquarius is. I really believe, and I, I, Michael and I talk about this occasionally, that as, karmic astrology especially is the language of the future, the, the therapeutic language of the future. I think so too. I, I really believe that. And the clients that we have, the people who come here, the people, <laughs> we had a client that we did a three-hour Zoom call. Um, she's a, one of our listeners. I won't mention her name. But she said it's like doing therapy, and like uh, two or three years of therapy done in three hours. <laughs> And because it is, because we're getting to the core. And it's exhausting work, because when you delve into your unconscious mind, you delve into vague feelings that have been uh, bouncing around in there for years in your life, going deep in yourself takes a lot of energy. Yeah. I know. Our clients leave here having to rest for a week. (laughs) We need to rest. I need to rest. We need to rest. We don't need to rest for a week, but... And not, but and it does. It takes a lot, uh, and it's worth every, every every bit of it. Every bit of it. Every bit of it. So that so that so there is this nice interaction between Chiron and the henchman that we all are going through. Did you have something you wanted to say? No, I didn't. Oh. I was just watching you talk. Oh yeah, you had. I this. like to. I like to watch you. You talk. like to watch me talk. Okay, okay. So by next the next podcast, which will be next week. I want you all to know what your Chiron is. If, in fact, you don't know, you've got lots of ways to find out. Now, it may be that you don't want to find out, that you just don't want to go down that road, you don't want to see it, fine. Karmically, there is no push in the universe. No. In a sense, it's God saying you can take all the time you want. That's right. And as I was saying before about the Aquarian process, you know, being the cosmic adult, means that we take that we really are able to see and understand our conscious and our unconscious our current life our past lives all of it coming together so it uh, it makes all the difference in the world and going back to Carl Jung our friend Carl Jung you know if we repress our Chiron experience we're going to create it as chaos I mean there's no doubt about that he was right about that the more we repress the more we express as chaos sure because all of that problematic stuff that we're repressing without putting a judgment on it, all that problematic stuff needs to be resolved, needs right. to be released. Because one of the things we haven't talked a lot about is that Chiron and the henchmen of Neptune and Trickster will bring in people, relationships, all kinds of relationships where there is real challenge or real problems. These people come into our life and we have no clue why they did that to us or hurt us in that way or betrayed us or any of that. We don't know why they do that until we understand the bigger picture and, and the context. Yeah, but you know, when you take responsibility for your life, that is that you start really entertaining and then eventually coming to know and believe for yourself that you're creating your own reality, a phrase we use a lot in our work. When, when people come into your life and they give you a bad time without being real clear about what that means... Instead of feeling like a victim, instead of feeling like it's not fair or confused, why is this happening to me? That difference in your orientation makes all the all the difference in the world because you start to ask yourself, instead of why is this happening to me, 
you, you start asking yourself, why am I creating this for myself? And why is this attracting into my life right here, right now? And let me work on it. Because that those people are patterning for you. They're giving you all the information right. you need. They're externalizing what's in our unconscious. They're externalizing what we're pressing down and repressing right. ourselves. And some of these people have been our enemies in past lives. Some of these people have been the ones that tied our wives to the trees. Some of the, these are the people, you know, that were jealous of us and right. whatever. So, you know, and we can feel that energy. You Underneath unconsciously, people feel that. Yeah. Yeah. So this way, you know, the more we, when we attract that, we can deal with it, and then we have more ammunition. We have more pieces of a puzzle, let's say, mm-hmm. of, of what Chiron was, what it stood for. And the more we understand it, and you you all will understand more of it next week, is the more you understand it, the more you'll understand the people you bring into your life. You'll understand why you do no longer need to shoot yourself in the foot or contaminate yourself or sabotage yourself. You have choices. You can choose to be successful or not. Right. But at least you'll know what you're doing. You'll be aware of it. It won't be something that just happens to you that you're a victim to. Right. Because a lot of people feel that way. Well, I'm a victim to bad luck, or I'm a victim to this, or I'm a victim to that. No, we've created it. Now let's figure it out. That's right. There is pleasure and pain in life, about equal by the time you're dead. Maybe having the pleasure of a bit ahead of the pain means you really had a great life. Okay. And suffering is optional. Right. Suffering's not the same thing as pain. So no. pain and pleasure are inevitable. But suffering, that's different. And what we're talking about is resolving that in ourselves. Very well done. Because can you imagine over lifetimes having the same experience with Chiron and the suffering and the pain and the sadness and the hopelessness? I mean, my God, can I, it, it, now that I'm on the other side of it, yeah. it's amazing how much I suffered and how much, how much fear I had. I swear I, I could have been... If I had been going to a psychiatrist at that point, he probably would have thought I was paranoid. I mean, I'd have been, I'd been labeled. Yeah, my fear was so big without cause. I had, I had, f- fear was the predominant emotion of my first third of my life. I mean, it's what drove me forward most of the time, or held me back, back and forth. Right. And having resolved that fear really opened up my life for me. Well, isn't it said that? Um, we can't have love over fear. Fear will in- interfere with love. It will interfere with our open-heartedness. It will interfere. It'll keep us set back on our life, yeah, not moving forward. Too careful, too stuck, too, too slow. Too vigilant. Too vigilant, too distrustful. I mean, all those things come up. All that comes up. And so, that takes so much energy. I know. And, you know, I'll be, actually, I'll be 79 next week, if you can believe Congratulations. that. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Made it so far. I always, uh, I, always like to, I always like to point out to people that when you married the first time, I was 14 and in the eighth grade. Yeah, I know. He loves doing that. He just loves doing that. <laughs> I don't know why, but he does. All right. So that's sort of a, a big advertiser for our next podcast. Because when you, when you hit the next podcast, I would like you sitting there not only with your own Chirons, but with other people's, your husband, your wives, your kids, you know, just to go, oh, my goodness, I can help them go in this direction. I can help them understand. So it really is such an opportunity. And I'm giving you all this, even if you don't want to go back and read the book, you can at least have enough to be able to say, all right, that's Chiron. That's my trickster. And I want to get past that. Right. 
So, so we're going to go through each of the 12 signs. Each of the 12 signs. Um, Right. I'm going to give you like a synopsis of each sign, and then I'm going to throw in a couple strategies and how to change it. Oh, sounds good. It it is. I'm hoping it will be. I think it will be. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Well, well, thank you, dear. Um, I believe understanding Chiron is the vehicle through which we create real change, not superficial change. I agree. Okay, next week we're going to have a lovely time with Chiron. Get get your Chiron. Let me know if you need any help, and we'll see you then. Take we'll care, see everyone. You then. Bye.